Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Oh, Steph. <laughs> That's it. I love it. <laughs> this is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me with the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. Hey, this is the OKS Hunter Podcast. We're coming at you. I don't know if they're coming at you, but we are live. We're always coming at you. We're coming at you like a rut and buck. <laughs> From Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, on the OKS Hunter Podcast Studio, we're brought to you by HalfRack, half-rack.com. Be sure to use code OHP and save yourself. It's either 15 or 20%. And if someone ever uses the code, you can, you can message us and tell me what it is. <laughs> Please help us out. We know not what we do. We are. We know not what benefit we provide. Yeah. We know there's some. There's something for you there. There's something. You know, it's a surprise. <laughs> might be 15, might be 20. We don't really know. It's Maybe not it's nothing. <laughs> Somebody logged on and was like, you get it free. <laughs> OHP. Whoa. We're throwing those guys a bone. Oh, my I God. Don't. We're not actually. <laughs> That's doing not real. That. Yeah, yeah. Shut That's the hell up there. Imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg's doing the OK Fisher podcast tonight. For the last, what, three weeks, we've not had Greg here. And he warned me. He gave me a warning. He said, Eric, I'm probably not going to be doing the hunting podcast nearly as much because I'm doing the fishing podcast. And he's been, for those of you who don't talk to Greg personally, he's been really busy with work stuff and been traveling a lot, doing trainings. Yep. So, like, his load got way heavier with work and then yep. way heavier with the fishing podcast. So... It's not he's, like he's still in the group, guys. Yeah, he's at still some in point, the group. when we have a guest, it'll end up, Greg will be the guest at Greg, some point. We'd love to have you on like, the show. Can if we you're get Greg on the? T- <laughs> <laughs> he only helped build us this, this, this show, you know, for the last however many years, two, three years. I don't know. I feel like I just say two years. Like I actually thought my wife was like twenty-four for the first four years of our <laughs> relationship. In my mind, she was just always twenty-four. I never like. Yeah, like, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So Greg has just been like an infinite two-year situation. Um, yeah, so be sure to check out our other partners, too. You can use code, code OHP over at Latitude Outdoors. Their speed sticks are dropping soon. We just had Jake Bush on last week. Great episode. Go check it out. Um, Spartan Forge, uh, the code over there is OHP, but it's SpartanForge.ai, not .com, .ai, which stands for Artificial Intelligence, because that's what they do. Um, I think on the last podcast video, if you're not following our YouTube, I wouldn't say you're missing out, but... But you're missing. We have a different, like a different flavor of our podcast content over there. That's like video with all these cameras that we have. There's different things going on. So check that out if you're not already subscribed. We have a, uh, yeah, go ahead. My no, bad. if you're like, I enjoy watching also like other podcasts and then you get to see the guest, see reactions. And there's like, 
a lot of stupid, silly stuff that's like lost. Like when your maybe chair climbs up or you crack beer bottles open on the table. Like, there's just other weird things that... <laughs> if you wonder what the hell's going on in here, damage. why someone's laughing, or usually that's... <laughs> yeah, you'll kind of sure. understand more. Um, Method Archery, they're going to be attack in Montana. I forget what that one's called. Is it Big Sky? I don't really know. Total Archery Challenge. They're, they're doing that whole circuit of events with their tent. So they're pretty busy doing that. Um, but Code OHP will save you some money on arrows. That'll get directly shipped to your door. They'll be built to your specs. Did you get your... Did still you waiting. It out? Still waiting. Okay. I messaged Isaac, but I'm sure he's busy. He hasn't gotten back to me. I just messaged him like yesterday. But while we were at the playground shoot, mm-hmm. Deer Veins shoot... Um, we did see a ton like, of that's what a lot of people were shooting vector slash method because some of them had you know arrows yeah. for the last few years, but there was a bunch there, yeah. which is good to see. Yeah, and uh, Corey, who shot with us, he yep. was shooting them. <clears throat> yep. I mean, a lot of yeah. I think I was one of the few maybe that had the like the method branding yeah. on it. I think most people had them for the last year or two, and but had the vector. I, I got a vector a hat. Of, yeah, you got which is cool because they're not making it anymore. You yeah. know, I was like, oh, it's collectors. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. And then Go Wild. Uh, last week, they announced their partnership with Go Ruck. They have a new Go Ruck bag that's with, like, branded or, like, it's got the Go Wild camouflage on it, which I didn't even, I think I knew that their own camel pattern. Design, right? I don't know how hard that is to, like, create your own camel pattern. I'm not going to do it. It'd be the worst camel pattern in the world. It'd be very ineffective. There's, there's been a lot of bad ones. You remember Camo Booty? No. You ever see that? It's like, you know, the, the naked girls sitting back, like, you know, the trucker stickers? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like camouflage that. of different beige and green tones of naked silhouetted women. And it was called Camel Booty. I'll never How forget, a friend of mine last? had like a sticker, and I was like, what the hell is Camel Booty? Oh, my And then gosh. he like looked it up, and he's like this. I was like, put no, that on. That's no. garbage. Yeah, that'd be like the It would probably work. We just had a bunch of our antlers on like a thing. But that's not real camouflage. That's just like a fun pattern. It's fun. I think Go Wild is a legit camo pattern. Just happens to say Go Wild. Kind of like you'd see like where it says Real Tree. You can still get words in there. And you Do you can... know what they call it? They have a fancy name for it. No, I don't know. It might just be Go Wild Camo. I don't know. Keep it I, simple. I'll find out. I'm talking to them tomorrow at some point. So maybe I'll ask. But you can use, so like if you go to the Go Wild app, you can shop and you can also use our code over there too. I think they're, you're going to get 10% off over there. With our stuff, but you also get points. So if you want to log an activity, <laughs> a run, a hike, uh, archery, whatever, all listen to the podcast, all that stuff will get you points. Yeah, even like uh, yeah, listening, you can log hours yeah. of listening to outdoor. A much bigger discount than ten percent in some cases. The uh, rucking thing is interesting because that's like really huge right now, right? Like it's, it's like really catchy. It's been around for some time. It's not new. I think it's just gaining. I feel Popularity like I'm, in this market. Yeah, I'm feeling it like I'm seeing it everywhere. Like in the outdoor, like go ruck so you can drag a buck out this fall. Like get ready. I'm seeing it everywhere. Go ruck to drag the buck. Yeah, it's like what ice. It is a pain were. in the ass. Like if you're gonna walk around this heavy <clears throat> ass, like whether, whether it's a weighted vest, a weighted pack, or some like, I, I at that point just go grab a medicine ball, I suppose. But it, yeah, I can't feel great. Like I went on a run. I'm like, I don't want to carry extra shit. It's hard enough. Have your kids sit in a the sled, the little toboggan there, and pull them down the sidewalk. <laughs> It'd be pretty good. That's the thing. I mean, I pushed a stroller with the two boys last. Was it last week I did that way? I don't remember. You did a run with them, right? Yeah, they're heavy. They're heavy. It's not easy. It's no, yeah, it's no joke. Who do we got with us? Oak Tree Dreams is in the house. It's 
been a while. It has been a while since we've seen you in here, Drew. Happy Father's Day, Drew. Yeah, yeah, belated Father's Day. That's right. Zach Church, let's go. Greg Morgan, yo, fellas, been a while. Just got uh, out of Instagram jail. Well, glad to see you're out of Welcome jail, Welcome back. So I actually got... Um, so uh, we'll talk about, let's talk about the shoot. We did an archery shoot at Anthony Heller's place. Anthony Heller's with Deervane. He calls it the 3D playground. He's got his own property. I think it's 80 acres. I, it might be more of land in like a really beautiful spot of the country. Gorgeous. Uh, here in Wisconsin. It's like Dodgeville area, I think. <clears throat> Southwestern Wisconsin, the Driftless. So like it was Eric and uh, Greg had been there for one or two shoots before this. Yeah, it's the third year. It was my first time. So yep. when they had told me about shooting off the rocks and stuff, like there's definitely some sweet bluffs on that property. And Anthony took full advantage of them, climbing up all these rocks and big, deep ravines. It's really cool. Yeah, we were at some high highs and some low lows, I think. Both in elevation <laughs> and in shooting. <laughs> yeah. I only lost two arrows. I lost one on like a target right when we got there, just trying to like zero in. Which we later found <clears> out was <throat> not your fault because one of your set screws for your sight i think it was your right left one was just backed out too far we could flopping. hear your bow yeah like what the heck like eric's got the new bow it's making this weird twang noise we thought it was your quiver you took your quiver off shot again wasn't that and also we noticed that the, your sight was loose yep so i think that's why you lost that arrow in the beginning yeah it could have been but it wasn't a left right situation it was it was definitely a up down one but my tape isn't I right either so i'm there. like man <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I got to be honest with you, everybody here. Um, yeah, and then I lost, I forget which one I lost the arrow on. I know I missed, did I miss the Oh, it was, it was a ricochet shot. Remember, it was the one like over the hill. That's right. Um, it, you hit a little hit bit of foliage something. and then it kind of whipped yeah. and went down. Yeah, that one felt unfortunate. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not much, I guess. Having an, have an arrow sponsor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my, that, that is what I'm going to do. Hey, guys. <laughs> Awesome arrows. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it was a, a very dynamic course. Like, it, it gets you into, like, I don't think I'll, unless I go elk hunting, I'm not shooting in those circumstances on most of my whitetail hunts. Probably not. By and large, like, the, the shooting downwards one, yes, that would simulate shooting from a saddle or a tree stand where you have some elevation or shooting down. But there's not a lot of situations where you're shooting uphill like that ram yeah. in the dark ravine up against the rock. Like, you can't. You can't even make the damn thing out hardly. <laughs> I got a kick out of that video because I think I had a video of you and you were you were drawn back and well that was the how's my face? technique look or whatever. Oh, yeah, no, no. You're right. yeah, yeah. And we're like, yeah, you know, looking good. And then you're like you know, settled in. You're like, where in the hell is the target? <laughs> it was in a. I mean, it was like across a valley. It was all bright light, and there was a bunch of shadows. And it was like a black panther. <laughs> yeah, you can't even. It's like the fuck. Where is this thing? Very hard and you to just see. pray that you hear the of the foam. You know, instead of a. Crack. <laughs> yeah. So if it's good to get out and try this stuff because you are going to discover any flaws that you have. When you're shooting, I mean, was there 14? Was there 14? 14 stations. 3Ds, yep. So with that many different shots, like you're going to discover some things about yourself or your bow that you might not find in your backyard or your basement at, you know, your 15 yards or whatever. So I think it's, you know, find some event to shoot at some confidence, some comfortability, find your mistakes, fine tune whatever you got to fine tune. And I think it's a great way to get ready for the season. You and I were both in a similar boat in that we'd both gotten new bows very mm -hmm. recently. So we didn't necessarily shoot it to like shoot an amazing Win. score. Yeah. Cause it was just but to you get did some great. reps. I think you and Matt were like neck and neck and Matt shoots 
all the time. Well, I appreciate that. Um, but it was like, let's just get some reps, you know, and like get used to our new equipment. And I think uh, for anybody who's out there listening, if you haven't taken out, even if you don't have new equipment, if you haven't taken out your bow yet and shot it, not saying like go sign up for a 3D if you don't feel comfortable, but like you should probably take it out and get familiar with it. Season is going to be here before you know it. Yep. So like just start getting some reps. Yep. A couple of arrows a day would be a great start. And then once you feel comfortable, like the 3D thing, I never did that growing up, like shoot in front of people. It was always just in the backyard with my dad. But the first time I shot at a course, like with other people, I was like, we talked about the nerves. Like I had nerves big time. I was like, oh my God. Like, and it almost simulated like having a buck or a doe, you know, like your yeah. quarry in front yeah. of you. So like, if you haven't done it, Give it a Do try. It for sure. Give it a try. There's tons of like small shoots nowadays. They're not like all these huge competitions. Tons of local archery shops and like but everyone's courses a good sport about it too. You don't have to be nervous about anything. No one's going to give you a, a ra- They might razz you a little bit for fun, but nothing. I like, promise no there will be people there worse than you. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. will be. We do have a couple calls um, in, the, in the queue. One says talk about boats. So I'm not sure what that is. Uh, we'll see. Hope it's legit calls. Hey, welcome to the show. You're live on the OKS Hunter podcast. Who do we got? Hi, my name is Bryce. I messaged, uh, I think I talked to you, Eric, about when you were, you guys were talking about the mythical beasts and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a great episode. Speaking of our YouTube channel, that one's crushing I, it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a pretty funny topic, and I'm sure a lot of people in northern Wisconsin have stories about stuff like that. It's uh, it's really interesting that you just called because yesterday I drove by, uh, the family and I were on our way back um, from somewhere further south, and we were on our way back on the highway, and we passed a car that had a dog man, <laughs> like, no, it wasn't like a dog man sticker, it was like a, they have like a dog man museum or something, and they had a sticker that they had visited the dog man museum or like exhibit or whatever, and I was like, that's like the, that's, it's an oddly that's big the topic. thing, yeah. so it's funny that you called in about that, Bryce. <laughs> I think there's a bunch of museums for, I think they're called cryptids and stuff like that all across the United States. I've seen a couple of bumper stickers. I know up in Rhinelander, they have the hodag and stuff like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> cool. I need to visit one of these places. <clears throat> Rhinelander. I did, I did have a question for you guys about um, when do you guys start getting the itch to start hunting? I was just up north at Petenwell with my uncle and my grandfather, and we we're sitting around the fire, and the topic of deer camp came up. And we were just all chomping at the bit to get back in the deer woods. When do you guys like start really talking about it and thinking about it and getting that itch to get back in the deer woods? Uh, now <laughs> I think, <laughs> but like for some of us, like Derek or, or whatever, I think year round. I, I have this Sal talk and I'll Derek answer, but I think I have this thing where once either I get one with my bow or, or once gun season's done, a little bit of both of those, like I actually get so fixated on it that like it feels good to have a break because like i can't like a pit bull i can't let it go it takes over (laughs) and like i can't help it so it's actually like relieving to let it lose grip for a minute and then it slowly starts ramping up like i would say july when velvet trail cam picks start coming out and you start shooting your bow more and then suddenly next thing you know it's like i've cut the grass for the last time and it's fall and it's time to go (laughs) Like I like that you put that in there because that yeah. is always like kind of like a signal that season is upon us. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm wired a little bit different. This is like I've always like white 
deer season is just year round, like Eric said. And I think what he just said is like fairly normal, fairly common. Like all of a sudden it kind of like season's coming around. You see the corn is like starting to dry out. People start thinking about hunting. I have like group texts with multiple people who are like just as silly as me. And we talk deer hunting every day year round. Like, like Corey and Tim on this text, like they're sending me trail cam pictures every day. Like we, we talk it every day. I plan, I strategy, I freaking look at maps every day. I'm just kind of stupid and sick with this stuff. It's just what I like to do. So I'm always ready and eager and chomping at the bit. Fun question to ask us though. Thanks. What about you? What yeah, was, no was the result from the deer camp I think talk? mine starts. I think I start thinking about deer camp as soon as I'm a big fisherman as well. So I also follow your guys' okay as fisher podcast, which is awesome. Excellent. Um, and I think as soon as early fall fishing ends and it starts getting nicer outside where I don't have to wear, you know, 15 layers to go outside <laughs> to do something. Um, and I started shooting my bow, sitting around fires and stuff like that. And, you know, a bottle starts getting passed around and deer camp stories start, you know, spurring up. I think that's when I really started thinking about it and stuff like that. So, yeah, the the fishing thing I think plays a big part in it. Like uh, Matt is obviously on OKS Fisher and Greg, and we were talking on the drive to the shoot. Uh, Matt's a huge musky fisherman, loves going, you know, early to late fall casting for muskies because that's when they're putting on the feed bag. So he was trying to talk us all into, hey, why didn't everybody shoot a buck real early in the season? Then we can all go up and do a musky fishing weekend. And of course, everybody thought that sounded great. And let's just do that. That'll be the plan. We'll all shoot bucks early. Yeah. Then we'll go grouse hunting and go musky fishing. (laughs) That's the plan. Let's do it. Yeah, it sounds like one heck of a weekend. (laughs) Yeah, now to make it happen. I won't take up too, I won't take up too much of your guys' time. Um, but I did want to say that methods, customer service, and stuff like that with your guys' code is amazing. I just bought some of their arrows, and for anybody that's on the fence about buying them, they're worth every single penny. They're amazing. And the customer service is second to none. That's uh, great to hear. They've really grown a good team there. So like Isaac is out traveling for total archery challenge isaac's one of the founders and uh they have their engineer brad who came out here and helped me get my bow set up he's running around to help people with things all the time he's like oh i had to stop by someone else's house nearby on my way to your house is that okay i'm like of course okay like (laughs) like, i'm not gonna say no but uh and then i forget the other gentleman we had here ben he's super smart like they just have a really well-rounded team now where they've grown enough to have that in place to have that customer care where I don't think Isaac knows half of what's going on. I don't even think Isaac knew that I got a, a bunch of new arrows and broadheads when I got this buck and I called him. I said, I shot it with your bow and your new broadheads. He's like, when did you get the new broadheads? I was like, your guy brought them to me. Bro. He's like, <laughs> he he no did? Idea. I didn't even know. That's great that they did that. And so they're just a, they're a rock-solid, kick-ass team over there. What I loved is every time I've been to their little warehouse there with you guys, <clears throat> You can go talk to anyone in there who's assembling arrows. And like immediately I talked to the one guy, you know, just like, oh, you know, show me what's going on. And next thing you know, he's part of the club that my cousin's vice president of. They're going longbow hunting in Idaho together. And like (laughs) everybody in there is super serious about what they do. They know, you know, they take it really, really serious. Like they're building their own arrows. And like, yeah, that's super cool. I'm glad you had such a good experience, Bryce, because that's what we want. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, I, um, I fat fingered one of my orders online and I called right away 
and I think it was Brad, because he, he talked about just helping you with your bow. And he was in his garden doing some work, and he helped me out to change my order. And I thought that was really awesome. Cool. That's great. That's good to hear. I mean, that's a hell of a testimonial. Like, we didn't pay you to call, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, it's cool. Are you planning on coming to Foam Fest? So I've been You're... recommending them to... Yes, I do, if I'm free. Great. Well, hopefully you are. Um, I haven't talked. So we talked about like getting out and shooting your bow at three archery events. Like ours is kind of like the one, the last one I think you would do. Yeah. Before you go hunt elk or get into whitetail mode, because it's the very last weekend of August. August twenty sixth. Yep. So it's kind of like come get all the final kinks worked out before you go into hunting season. Yeah, Bryce, we'd love to see you there. Bring the arrows and let's go kill some foam. <laughs> I have a family camping trip to the Northwoods of Wisconsin, then. I'm going to take my girlfriend shooting for the first time that weekend. Cool. Hey, that's great. Yeah, I mean. Sadly, I don't think I can make it. No problem, man. Just spread the, spread the good word, and one of these years, hopefully you can make it. 100%. Well, thank you, guys. I won't take any more of your time. You guys rock. Hey, thanks for the thanks, call, man. buddy. Have We're a good night. We're okay. See you, man. We got another caller. This is one. Of, it's out of Pennsylvania, so I'm I'm optimistic that it's a, f- a favorable call but uh you're live on the OKS hunter podcast what's going on what are you calling about hey what's going on guys i uh, saw the topic was bow stuff and since i'm just getting back into archery it felt like a good time to call in rock on well my auto transcription said talk about boats so i was like i'm not sure but i was like well, no it could have said bows bow stuff bow in stuff. boats could be fun yeah. bow fishing <laughs> but i'm glad to hear you're a real caller and not a prankster so that's good yeah, they're both expensive, but you know, uh, <laughs> archery's uh, scratch fish for man. Boats just seem like they're, you know, I, my, I think my father-in-law says bring on another thousand every third time we go out together. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, yeah, what did someone say? My buddy's selling a boat right now. He's like, "That's the best day of owning a boat. It's the day you get it and the day you get rid of it." <laughs> we drove by a really nice boat. I've got a very small little aluminum boat with a little tiny motor on that I take my kids fishing in. But uh, we drove by a really nice boat by the Cedar Lake Marina today. Really nice fishing boat. My son's like, Dad, when are we going to get a boat like that? And I just chuckled, and he's like, why are you laughing? <laughs> I was like, buddy, you, you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you grow up and understand how boats work, you'll <laughs> yeah. know why we didn't get one. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you'll get it. About 20 years. <laughs> so TAC was just in Pennsylvania. Did you go to TAC out there? Are you shooting any 3D events yeah. or anything? Yeah, so I did go to TAC. Um, <clears throat> I was working the BHA booth for part of it, but I also shot, um, ended up shooting the Black Rifle course one of the afternoons as well with my bear that I just got a couple months ago. Ooh, which, um, which, uh, I, you, I heard you guys talking to the other caller about, you know, the benefits of shooting those kinds of things. And I really, as I get back into it, like it really does open your eyes to, you know, I never really used to even shoot a whole lot beyond 30 or 40 yards and would never shoot at a deer past 20 you know, you get to like 50, 60 yard targets for the first time. And it's really kind of like, man, if I could hit foam consistently and shoot, you know, a nice group here, those 20, 30 yard shots have to feel a little bit more manageable when you're in the woods. A hundred percent. And, you know, you hear the argument and I think it's way more commonly accepted with the younger crowd today and just seeing people shoot long distance on social media. But like so many of the older class, like guys and hunters, I would always hear, oh, I'm never going to shoot it at a deer over 30, so why would I practice at that? But you just mentioned, you put a target at 50 yards and take a couple shots, and you're going to see everything you're doing wrong. 
like your form matters so much over an extended range that like all of a sudden you'll realize, holy cow, my sight is just a little bit to the right because at an extended range, I see it moving this way or I'm torquing the bow. Like every little piece of your technique makes we, a difference. We picked apart my technique pretty well. Like I was, I was burying my face into the string. I didn't even, I thought, oh, this is my anchor point. I felt good at that point. I was creating a consistent result. Well, consistently bad result. So, like, it was nice to, and I was torquing the bow a little bit. So, like, these are, like, some of the, like, mechanics of it, the fundamentals that, like Derek said, will, will really show their face. But it's like running. If, you, if you're going to run for 10 miles, well, the next day you're going on a three-mile run, that's going to feel like a piece of cake. Yep. You know? So, I think, yeah, shooting at 60, but in real life, you're probably going to shoot at 20, maybe up to 30. That's going to feel like a chip shot. Yeah, uh, I got to hear John Dudley speak at the last – I went to the TAC in 2021 as well, and he, he spoke um, at one of the events, and I think it was that Saturday night, and he was talking a lot about his, his ideology and, and all the things that he does, and that was one of the things he said was, you know, practice at twice the distance that you would actually want your effective range to be to deer, right? So if it's going to be 25 is your max, then you practice out to 50. If it's going to be 30 and 60, et cetera. And it's like it makes a lot of sense. But for some reason, it just like didn't occur to me on my own to think about it that way. The other thing I think is such a benefit of shooting at those like public events is there's always going to be phenomenal shooters there. And typically they're also like really good teachers. Like John Dudley is a teacher, right? Like if he sees you at the range, not that like everyone's going to go out and have John <laughs> Dudley, but he's going to like be like, Hey, can I like, you know, talk to you about this mm -hmm. and like there's people who've done that for me like just at a public range like hey i just noticed like can i can i help you out with something and like have taught me a ton that yep. i have no clue who these people are but they were just like this is their passion they're at the range all the time so they help you out and i think that's a huge benefit to like especially novice or people just getting back into it yeah you have an open mind you're willing to hear what someone else has to say like it might just very well be the thing that oh man i was wondering why that kept happening like why are my groups all to the left and it might be something you're doing, and it's not your boat. And that's why groups like, okay, it's not exist, man. I have a full circle. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. perfect segue. <laughs> I will not tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do. But wait, I did just get my kids a, a ambidextrous bear spark. Um, and so <laughs> the arrows that it came with are fletched wrong, <laughs> and the, the knock is glued on, so oh, I can't perfect. rotate it. So they're leaving the whisker biscuit not in the way that they should, so they're fishtailing out of the arrow. And I'm like, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have known that this was even like something worth paying attention to. But I'm like, I'm also not going to refletch these damn kid arrows. It's fine. <laughs> that seems like a lot of messing around. I get the bow press out and everything and really <laughs> tune the whole thing. All right, kids, let's get this thing figured out here. But it's fun to see them doing it. And like, yeah, they, they seem to appreciate it so far. Hey, I just got to ask, since you mentioned uh, you were at the BHA booth, are you um, volunteering? you working with BHA out of Pennsylvania? Um, yes, yeah, so I was a volunteer um, helping out running the booth for the weekend. So I'm, not, I'm on the board of, uh, for the Pennsylvania chapter as the vice chairman. So I um, got involved a couple of years ago and, you know, really, you know, this is totally my personal views and all that. But I've really, you know, found a home in BHA. And, you know, I think it's a great group of guys and girls. Um, and so I try to help out a lot of that stuff. And TAC is one of the events that's in my backyard. It's about an hour and a half or so for me. So kind of one of those things where I'm like, well, I guess if I have to go work the booth with my friends and shoot my bow for the weekend, I'll go. <laughs> oh, Dress my arm. Yeah. <laughs> Probably got some free food, too. Yeah, well, not as much as you might think. <laughs> oh, I'd say it. free, like, 
bars and energy chews and that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, but, you know, close enough. Gatorades, you know, all the good stuff when it's hot. And it actually wasn't that bad temperature-wise uh, the one day that we shot, but a couple other days it was like mid-80s and really humid, and that can be just heavy when you're breathing that air. Well, hey, on behalf of uh, all the sportsmen, thank you for volunteering and joining that organization. We we're pretty big fans of BHA here in Wisconsin and nationwide. So yeah, thank you. Your uncle have something to do with it, or yeah. Uh, well, my cousin, cousin, my cousin Gary's um, acting president right, right now of the BHA Wisconsin because our buddy Joe is helping out with some issues at home with his wife. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we uh, yeah. We love those guys. It's cool. No, that's a great group, and it's cool. Like, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, it seems like Pennsylvania has a huge, 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 huge hunting population. I don't know if it's bigger than Wisconsin or Michigan, but it's up there. Like, you guys are one of the bigger states for this stuff, and the fact that TAC was just there, it's cool to hear from folks from Pennsylvania. And then I get emails from you guys at W or DNR or whatever all the time because I bought tags for the one year I went there, so I still get all the updates. The one year or the one day? The one year, (laughs) and it was literally one day, yeah. But... No, it's yeah, cool. it's all it takes, man. You're this now. Um, <laughs> if you if you ever guys are ever out this way, you know, definitely feel free to connect me. Let us know. Uh, I won't keep too much of your guys' time in case you go to the college, but appreciate you guys spreading the right message. I stumbled on you guys not too long ago, and you know, I, I think that the community needs a lot of positive voices out there. So glad to see you guys continuing that trend. Appreciate it, man. You have a good one. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks a lot, buddy. Take care, guys. You too. I wanted to know what kind of bear Bowie bought. He said his name. I forgot to ask. I tried and I didn't want to interrupt, so it's kind of whatever. Maybe I'll have another reason to call back. But that Legend XR, like short of the twang, it was making one my uh, whatever my sight was a little off. I think that dampened most of the sound because it wasn't initially doing that. I was like, whoa, why? why how to get loud all of a sudden? Sounded way better once we tightened it up. So uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I think I just need to get more time with it, more comfortable. 100%. And I got to get that confidence back when I get the tape right. And the 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 ZMRs, they're still fairly heavy, so they do drop faster than like a regular arrow. So I don't know if the math on that tape is going to be perfect. I'm probably going to be a little off. But the way that I had it set up was I had it set to 20 and to 35 because 35 is the back wall at Whale Tails. That's as far as I could, as far get as it. You could get. So, and then they had to redo it. I don't remember what he did, but he's like, oh, I he did something off. He's like, hey. <laughs> I had to redo it, so I need you to go and remark your twenty. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. And and at that point, and the, you didn't have as much time. I to didn't. At that point, the kids were at the the tail end of what they could tolerate, and so I was like, "Man, eh, looks good." And I didn't feel like it, I could have probably throw another couple. Well, we plus should, my shoulder was getting a little bit tired from shooting so much. Like eventually, it might be hard to do before we leave, but one day you guys should come up, the whole family, mm-hmm. to West Bend. We'll sure. do a play date. I yep. can drag you out. Gus can come. Logan, yep. bring the little bow. And we can go out to that little public range that oh, goes yeah, out to 60. 60. That's right. Because that could be one thing that's wrong with your sight tape. Like, those of you who shoot single pin or adjustable mm-hmm. sights and you get the sight tapes, like, you really need to shoot at 20 and at 60. Like, some of them say 40, which mm-hmm. is okay. But obviously, the wider your gap, the more accurate it's going to be at, you know, at predicting your arrow drop. Sure. So 20 and 60 is going to be way more accurate to choose the right side tape to be accurate than if you did 20 and 35, it can still yeah, that's vary like quite a close. bit. And that's usually where I start seeing my indifferences or whatever, like the, the shortcomings or gaps was like the 30 to 40. I was like, 
how was I under? How was I over? Yeah. It was like, it was very confusing because I thought, oh, I should be fine. And I was trying to overcompensate a little bit because of the drop. And then I was just, yeah, it was just kind of like, I think I if was we got you, a lot. If we got you back and got you to 60, I think we could get you. Yeah. Yeah. Because my old bow, the, the Bear Empire, which is an old bow, but it's also my old bow now. Um, dude, I could, that thing was great. Even at 60, I could put it right in the spot. You'll get there. It was great. Like, but it was honestly, it wasn't anything to do with me. It was like, just I set the pin to 60, I shoot at 60, and it did what it was supposed to do. And now I do that, I'm like, wait, what's happening? What am I supposed to do in this situation? And I'm not trying to lose arrows. I don't want to take advantage of our partner. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll get it dialed in, man. But it was cool to hear um, Bryce got some method arrows and was happy with how they treated him, that he fat-fingered the order, and they <laughs> responded back right away. We get some of that with our stuff too. I think people like a lot of times. Usually, the complaint we get—not a complaint—but what happens most commonly is someone has an old address pre-saved in their phone. They just go through the order process, boom, and they're like, "Oh crap! It's shipping to this other address I had pre-canned in my Google account or something." And so we get a note: "Hey, I put in the wrong address." And if we don't catch it soon enough, it's out. You know, yeah. and our it, orders go out fast. They go out super fast. So we're like, "That's actually a, a blessing and a curse," which is what we realized because, like, hey, it'll go out. Almost immediately, but then if like you mess something up, like now it's already a package deal. It's it's out the door. <laughs> See ya. So tell us right away, or hopefully catch you right away. Otherwise, we're gonna like do some recall, and that's never fun for anybody. But we try to take really good care of our customers. We have, I think, we, we've sold. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I would love to see the numbers. But we've been around for almost two years now with this thing, and I think we've sold. We've definitely sold in every state. I just think we might have done it twice now. Cool, like twice over at least. It's pretty impressive and pretty incredible. Impressive, impressive. <laughs> it's incredibly impressive. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm doing. Uh, that's what my aunt and my mom always do. I They're very really, hyperactive people. So like, they just words are coming up faster. Yeah. So my aunt invent, invented the word gription. She's talking about tires, and she's like, they have great gription. And we're like, what? She's like, yeah, traction, grip, and traction, <laughs> gription. That's great. Absolutely that's used great. it ever since. Keith, uh, good chat with you. Oh, it was Keith was his name. Great. Good to chat with you, Keith. Well, from tell, PA. Tell us uh, what kind of bow you ended up getting there. I got the Legend XR from Bear, and I enjoy it so far, although I've only shot it like twice. So, well, three times. And Bear Archery has done a really good job <clears throat> in the last decade, really kind of like revamping what they stand for and what they're making bows for, like the working class every day, like. Here's some bows that don't cost two thousand dollars. Like their their mantra is really, really good. And I think they've done a great job promoting archery, teaming up with the THP guys. Like they're doing good things. Yeah. I actually got to guess on their podcast. Bear Archery has their own podcast. I think it's airing next week or something. So if you're listening to this, it's the twentieth. I think it comes out, I don't know, the last week of June or something. I don't who knows what I say on these things. I don't ever know what I say on other podcasts. I'm always like cringing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I really like what you said on this podcast, Eric. Shit, what I say? <laughs> I don't know. I try not to swear on that one. I try not to swear on other podcasts. Be very wholesome. Yeah, uh, we swear on ours, and I think I try to do it less these days. But it still just comes right out. I can't. Something about this brown juice really <laughs> yeah. opens up today? my uh, the Woodford Reserve double oaked my sailor in me. It tastes nice. It's not bad. I don't know. I was doing scotch for so long. I think scotch great is great, but I've really started to like the bourbon. It's just got a, it's a little bit sweeter. It's not as, I think the word is peaty because of peat moss. 
I don't Which, know. Which like tastes what like is, smoke. What does the peat moss do? It makes do it they taste use like that smoke. in the process. That's what the that's what makes scotch scotch because it's out of like Ireland or whatever, and there's all that moss. So like how they cultivate it. I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Someone else can tell. There's actually another podcast called Whiskey and Whitetails, and I think they make whiskey for real. Like I think that's their their main gig is they like actually make whiskey. Now they have a podcast. And they have a podcast. They had commented on one of our posts the other day, and I was like, oh shit, these look. This looks like a legit. Like I know we drink bourbon and talk deer every week, but we're not coined that term. Yeah, that's anyway. pretty legit. So I would be curious if then if someone wanted to, someone would want to, I can't get words out of my mouth. If someone would want to correct me on why that is the way that it is, I'm sure there's some connoisseurs out there. Yeah, who can? He got the out. resurgence ready to hunt package. I don't know which one the resurgence is, but I know the one on the wall here, if you're watching live or on YouTube, is the the bear legit, and that's a ready to hunt. And what that means is basically it's coming out of the box ready to go. I actually took the sight pin off of this. It's got the rest. Because I wanted it to sit on the wall flush. It was like, I don't remember what else. I was trying to hang it differently before, and I just hung it from the string instead of the frame. Like the ready to hunt package here. The bear one. They have, the part, they have a, like I a mean, part it is, trophy it is literally set up. Yeah, like, you're good to go. There's a D-loop on it. There's a peep sight on it. They have even a stabilizer, like a the wrist rope mm-hmm. to hold on. You got your sight, your rest, obviously. So all you're going to be doing is sending arrows downrange and then setting up your bow to shoot so your arrows correctly. Yeah. Obviously, your draw length will come into play at some point. But like my buddy Joel, who won the legit last, last year... year and he, he shot did not the course win it just this. because he's your buddy. This there is true. There was a system. Yeah, there was. He just <laughs> happened to also suck at shooting. <laughs> so, and he was shooting like a really old bow. But, so he deserved it. Fine. But he, he went and shot with us after the fact because we didn't get to shoot because we were busy all day at yeah. Foam Fest running the Foam Fest event. So then when everyone left, we all went out and shot the course, which was awesome because we had it all to ourselves. It was beautiful. It was running a little bit, but it was fine. And he came along. And uh, he didn't miss a single target with, with the brand with the new, brand new bow he had never we, shot before. We played with it on the indoor range for like yeah. fifteen to twenty minutes. So like yeah. he was like, "So that's what I loved." Here, you won the new bow. He's like, "Both of the people who won bows, <laughs> can were I like, shoot it? Can we shoot it? Can we sight it in right now?" We're like, "Let's do it." Yeah, I think Greg busted out the Allen wrench because like these are you can adjust the limbs. Your poundage, yeah, yeah. So he was helping this one gal back it down a bunch so yep. she could draw back, and she was like, "I never won anything in my life." She was, yeah, both yeah. of them were super, it was awesome. That was perfect. That was, that made the whole thing for me, those guys winning those, pro- and we had some great products. We have some really good products away this year, too. I've been, I've been hard at work behind the scenes, Sweet. just hitting everybody up. I'm probably annoying a lot of brands. No. Like, oh, it's that freaking Eric guy with that stupid okay What does he want? But now people are, are getting ready to send us uh, some pretty cool stuff. And it's all, like, archery-centric. I'm trying to do things that, like, you know, what What would you want to get if you go to an archery event? So we're talking, like, really nice sights. We're talking optics. We're talking bows. Like, stuff that you're going to want for your arsenal for bow hunting. <clears throat> Heck, yeah. Archery shoot. Yeah. And for anyone listening who hasn't started archery hunting but is thinking about it. Go, get a, f- go get a crossbow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if that works for you, yeah. definitely do it. Crossbows are pricey holy cow like new ones like really good ones but so are bows yeah but like bow hunting seems like it's this super expensive thing and it can be but it doesn't have to be yeah you can go to craigslist or facebook marketplace or whatever i have bought used bows get ready to hunt for like the last yeah. 12 to 15 years all i've bought is used bows off of archery talk they're classified for them mm-hmm. 
um, which is slowly dying out. There's like tons of Facebook forums, archery, sale and trade, but you can get these really nice bows that are maybe two or three years old that have probably been cared for very well for a couple hundred dollars that are set up ready to go. Mm -hmm. So like, don't feel like you need to pay $2,000 for this latest and greatest, like brand new flagship bow. You're not going to reap the benefits of it. Because you don't know what a shitty bow feels like. You know what it's I mean? Like if it's your house, first like, yeah. bow and it's a great bow, good for you if you can afford it, make it happen. But like you'll, you're not going to know how great it is because <laughs> you haven't shot anything else. Yeah. You don't have to get... Just because like your favorite celebrity Instagram hunter is shooting this, you can start with a $300 full setup bow used and you'll be fine. That's what I've done for the last 15 years. We talk about a ready-to-hunt out of the box. Like, you can go buy a bow used. It'll be ready-to-hunt because likely some other hunter has it fully outfitted with all the sights and stabilizers and everything else you'd need, and they've probably already killed deer with it. And now they're just now maybe they're ready to upgrade, so they're going to try to get some money to help offset that cost. Like, the first the one that I have, the first one I ever got was a hand-me-down for my dad, and I got a gift card to an archery shop, and we put a new sight on it and uh i got a i bought a, a, a release thank you a release um which is the same release i still use today i've had it for actually i'm wondering if like how often you should replace those things no if it's working but it feels just great make sure <clears throat> like the mechanics lubricated fine. if it needs to be lubricated yeah. so other than that like i think i think that was like 150 dollars in on a bow that my dad gave me the dart and viper and then i bought the one i have for 150 bucks fully outfitted with like trophy ridge stuff I didn't upgrade to the new HHA Tetra until a couple of years ago on there, and that helped. But otherwise, that killed three deer, uh, a doe, and two bucks. Heck missed, yeah. missed a few, <laughs> but whatever. It worked just fine. And so hopefully this next one's great, too. But um, I had another point I was going to make in there. What the hell was it? Uh, yeah, I was talking to someone at work today, and, and they're talking about crossbows, and he's a gun hunter. He's like, I've never bow hunted. I don't have the time to shoot bows so he's like i'm kind of thinking i would like to get the extra season and i may start with a crossbow because i then don't have to get into archery but i can bow hunt it's a great so to speak transition. And i think and i thought yeah i thought you know there is something to that maybe that is an interesting way like they talked about how they being the industry i suppose has talked about how like crossbows have been really helpful as a recruitment tool to bring more people in and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, people saying, well, that's BS. We shouldn't be doing that. That's not really bow hunting. I don't care what you call it. It's still hunting. Absolutely. It's, it's gun hunting and bow hunting. And there's, it's, both of those are fall into the category of hunting. So a crossbow still falls under hunting. Like, I, don't think, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that at all. And if that gets you to then try a, a compound, like I started gun hunting. I was a gun hunter first and foremost. And I did that for years where I even put my hands on a bow. So I think you have to start somewhere. I think we just talked to someone, was it last week on the podcast, who said that they were crossbow hunters. They started with a crossbow and they were... Was it Jake Bush? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, was not, it was not Jake Bush. <laughs> no, it wasn't Jake Bush. But I think we talked to a caller who had just said that they you know, had been listening to a lot of stuff about archery and is now getting a compound bow. They'd cross... cross it's called a cross gun. <laughs> they had crossbow hunted for a few years, and now we're transitioning. And like, you don't have to transition to full no, archery. My, my buddy Clay shoots a crossbow, and he loves it. If he, you have the time whatever. to shoot compound, like it's a beautiful sport, yep. and like you don't have to be a hunter to enjoy archery. Like archery is like the only place you can like hang up everything you're thinking about and like 
just focus mm-hmm. on what like it's beautiful but like you don't have to do that like you can be a crossbow hunter that's Crossbows? fine i would say they freak me out but that, that's a lot of stored energy yeah like, you see the new ones back and they, dude, they look they're all we like, were talking about sleek. raven i saw a raven one yeah it was about nine inches wide it's the string between the cams was about you know, it's like a inches. bird in full dive mode coming at the sea to like looks pluck like out a, a peregrine falcon yes. diving. At, like I was like, how does this even work without exploding? How many shots can you go through that with that amount of energy, energy just sitting there waiting to without release. those things blown? <laughs> Impressive. Whoever engineers those is just wild. Good work. It's, it's crazy. I mean, there's stored energy even in this, right? Some, oh like, yeah, for sure. Freaking bow just press not. to work on it. It's like a lot of stuff can be intimidating. You know, it's interesting. Like, I think some people, like, if you've never hunted, a gun can be intimidating. Like, getting a, buying, purchasing a firearm and ammo and going to a gun range, that that can be intimidating for some people. 100%. And then you get this bow in their hands, got all these cams, all this stuff. No one knows what the hell half this shit is. Like, I remember getting into bow hunting as a, as a, young, as a young man. I was like, I don't even know what's happening here. But then you, you if you can find a mentor, like, I know we, we talked to, um, the Hunt in Common, our friend John Stelflew and, and some of those guys and Tony Cordero, Cordero, who's usually in the comments, like they have programs set up to help find mentors. A lot of us were fortunate enough to have a dad or a relative or an uncle or a friend help us. Um, and if you don't have that, it can feel like, well, I don't even know where to start. If you just walk into your archery shop, they're going to help you. And they would take great <clears throat> pride in bringing you through the whole entire like life cycle of that. You know, and so like I think it's cool that my kids just got their first bow and they're four and six or gonna be four and six, and like they're watching me, so they wanted to do it. So I'm like, oh well, I'm not forcing them. They took an interest. I'm gonna just fan the flames a little bit. It's the I've been watching you song, <laughs> right? The country song. Yeah, had I been watching. And and so like they have me to look up to and to teach them, which. I feel bad for if I should <laughs> no, use another video of my son. He just dare. straight up missed the target. <laughs> don't you dare. No, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But um, a lot of people don't have that. And it's like, you know, they want to know where their food comes from. They want to start to hunt their own. And you don't, you don't even, like, the thing I thought about with hunting uh, and with my kids is if my daughter decides, like, I love animals and I can't kill one, she might still fall in love with archery. And, 100%. like, that's still a really therapeutic thing to be involved with. In and of itself, there's a lot of people that just shoot archery and don't hunt at all. Yeah, it's it's. <clears throat> I mean, I you almost don't want to call it a sport. Like it's right. it's just this great. It's literally in the limp in the Olympics, though, right? It is a hundred. Yeah, it definitely is, and it is like it's just. I don't know. Archery is like this interesting, cool pastime that like it's a rabbit hole, like anything else. And if you want to like really excel at it, like there's a million different little yeah. segues you can take, or you can just. Have a wooden bow in the backyard. Do you have a, a tread bow at all? Yeah, I've got a long bow and two recurves. Do you shoot them? Um, I haven't shot them in a little while, but uh, I used to shoot them quite a bit. Have you ever hunted with them? Yeah, I took any, any success. I took uh, a grizz, a bear grizzly recurve. I thought you, a you West, shot a. I thought you were West, about to tell me you shot a fucking bear with your recurve. I took it bear hunting. <laughs> oh God. And uh, I, my cousin Gary, target. my okay, cousin Gary, who's yeah. the backcountry yeah. hunters and anglers, helped me make some my own cedar shaft arrows. We fletched them with my turkey feathers and like the whole deal. What Painted crests happening? on them, oh like God. it was. And then I totally blew it, man. Like <laughs> totally blew it. Well, yeah, you're shooting a collector. I had this, you're shooting collectors. I met a wild animal. Like, I had I, this beautiful black bear come in. My bait's like 14 or 15 yards. You know, it's like right where I wanted to have it. Mm-hmm. And I was so uh, Dave Bechtel was actually with me filming. 
So he's in the tree filming me. I've never been filmed before. This is like a long time ago, you know. I I started drawing back on this bear, beautiful big bear. I mean, like 250 pounds probably. I didn't even get close to my anchor point, and I just shot. I'm like, what? Just, like the arrow went over its back, you know? I'm like, what did what did I just do? Like it was just, you know, a different sequence of events than like pulling back, anchoring. Like I just sure. drew back, and I was so excited, I just shot. Bear runs off, no idea what happened. You know, just heard a stick fall. Twenty minutes later, comes back in. I missed the dang thing twice. Oh no! Comes back in. I did the same thing. I draw back. I almost made it to my anchor point, and I just shot. And I'm like, wow, this is really hard. <laughs> like, I'm not prepared for this. Oh, dude, so I gave, I, gave it a, I gave it a shot, and I was unsuccessful. I couldn't hold it together. I went back out the next weekend with my compound and shot a bear. <laughs> it was way easier. Well, it's good for you for trying. Like, it's way I, so easier. I, I, the first bows I ever shot, I think it, it was, a, it was a, a recurve. My dad had in the garage, and I was like, can I just – she set up a target in the backyard, and I got to go just shoot that. And so I learned yeah. – as a kid, I – I don't remember much of it. Like I have very faint, vague memory of it, but I know the first bows I ever shot was that. I think that's a great way to get started because it's like, and that that, that in of itself, style. instinctive. I don't. Yeah, instinctive is the word. That that is a word that taps into that part of your like. I don't know our heritage of a as a Homo sapien that used to like compete with Neanderthals. F that word. Neanderthals? Okay. Because it's is it Neanderthal or Neanderthal? I don't know. I don't want to sound like an arrogant prick when I say Neanderthal, but I've heard Joe Rogan talk about the same damn thing. And so I was in a conversation. I said Neanderthals. They're like, what the hell are you talking about, Eric? I was like, <laughs> like, damn it. like, damn it. I'm trying to sound like a smart person here. This is bullshit. <laughs> Fine. It's Neanderthal. I don't care, but we coexisted. Anyway, primitive stuff. Uh, we do have a... Go- <laughs> I'm just going to bring him in <laughs> before we drink too much bourbon. Craig, you're live on the podcast. It's been a hot minute. Thanks for calling in. What's going on, buddy? It has been a while. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right, man. We're on, we're on bourbon number two and a half or something. That'll answer the question. That's nice. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to call in. I just wanted to, you guys were talking about getting started in archery. And uh, I got my daughter started in archery the end of last year. She's always been like my biggest fan as far as um, hunting goes and um, seeing if I brought anything home and whatnot. So I had gotten her a, uh, like a bear brave, I think it was youth model. I think I, I got off like marketplace for 20 bucks. Um, and I signed her up for a local archery place for beginner lessons that I took her to. And she was, uh, six at the time. The class was supposed to be for like eight and up, but, but she's real tall. So we kind of snuck her in there and, um, she did fantastic. Good enough that the team was getting ready to enter competitions uh, for indoor target archery, they asked her to join the team. Wow. So she turned seven in January and I, um, I upgraded her bow. I bought her a PSC. Um, I forget what model it was, but she so ended up taking second in the state of Pennsylvania for the championship in indoor target. Holy cow. Wow. And well natural. Done. You must be so freaking proud. Yep. Yeah. So I, I'm stoked and actually, um, Two weeks ago, she went from indoor target, and then springtime, they did the 3D uh, season, and she placed third in the state for Pennsylvania for the 3D season. Congrats to your daughter, man. That's uh, impressive. Yeah, so it's been it's been great. She loves it. She's actually at practice right now. I'm at work. <laughs> but um, it doesn't take – I wanted to call in. It doesn't take much to get them started. If they're interested, all you got to do as a parent is just put the bow in their hand and – 
give them the basics. Uh, I taught her three things at a time. You know, it started with uh, their feet, um, nose on the string, and uh, not, you know, yanking the trigger. And we just practiced three things at a time. Once she got those three things down, then we moved on to three more things. Um, but it's the exposure that's, you know, up to us to getting them into the, into things. Now, her friend that's on, on her team, uh, now she's seven now. She's shooting in Junior Eagle, and so that's like eight and up. She, her friend got first in the state, so she went down to Illinois this past weekend and won the national championship, and she's Damn. nine years old. <laughs> that's really cool that not only but, do you – yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make a plug if anybody was interested. It's it's uh, the group that runs it is called S3DA Archery. It's all youth. If you go on their website, they have a map. It can't be any easier. You go on their map, you can look up for your area, and it gives every local archery shop that is uh, involved with S3DA Youth Archery in say your that, area. Say that again. S um, S D. What are you saying? S3DA. It's yep. Sam three D is in Dan A is in Apple. Cool. Okay, I just want to like I just want to have you say S three D because my my dyslexic self I'm like S D three saying it wrong already, but uh, I'm on their website now. So S three D A dot net is the site archery programs for the youth. So I'll have to take a look because my daughter's yeah. And as you zoom in, stuff. it'll expand and it'll give you more like uh, you know a more defined search for that. So if anybody's interested in getting their kids into it. It's been a great program. Uh, I've been pleased with it. And, uh, yeah, so it's going good. Next, she has an outdoor outdoor target, which is she'll be shooting the furthest she's ever shot, which is 20 yards. Um, so she's been kind of nervous about that. But, yeah, I just want to make that plug. And uh, it's been a while, so glad you guys are doing good. Yeah, we're doing okay, man. And that that's a great plug. Thank you. It's one that I'll look into. And um, I you're you're in PA also, right? We had another caller call from Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm in south 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 southeastern Pennsylvania. Man, um, Berks County area. So we're not going to get you. It's unlikely that we'd get you guys to come to our foam fest. It's like a ten hour drive. <laughs> but well, listen, I just took the trip down to Texas last season. That was uh, that was like 26 hours we drove. Oh yeah. Um, but I would like to come. Maybe next. Maybe not this foam fest, but the one after that. Have to do some planning and stuff, but I would like to come down there for that. Well, hey, congratulations to your daughter for doing such a great job and picking up on it. And it sounds like she's got a great mentor and her friend there who's a little bit older and just won the championship. So, I mean, keep doing what you're doing, Dad. Yeah, dude. And I'll, if you were yeah, around thanks. here, I'd take some lessons from you, too. It sounds like you're a great <laughs> teacher. So that's great. So I love the three things and the three things. That's a great, uh, I'll have to impart some of that myself. That's yeah. good stuff. But, Cool, man. Yeah. Well, well, Craig, have a good night, man. Thanks for calling. All right, guys. In. Yeah, we appreciate you it, buddy. Too. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that's so great to hear, you know, kids and youth getting into it. A buddy of mine that I went to high school with that I kind of got started into archery, he's been doing it with his son, shooting an indoor league. It's like a father or parent, child, because there's moms and daughters who mm -hmm. shoot it also. Um, but they've been doing that for like two years. His son's like nine absolutely loves it you know plugging paper targets in the indoor range and we had a so we had to go to um i'm a member at hork and marsh bowman which is an archery club and they just converted to a 501c3 which means they're officially a not-for-profit non-profit organization as of june 1st that doesn't have much to do with the price of tea in china i'm just saying <laughs> 
it's made things challenging to host an event there. But we got figured out. Nonetheless, I think they're like halfway between you and I. And I, I think that'd be a really fun spot for for us to go with our kids because they have a great course, they have good indoor stuff. Now it's, that you're a member, because I think in order to I can be a member, a you have to be... You can, I can sponsor you. But even to become a member, I think you need to be brought in by a member. Correct. Because I looked into because I was like, after we did the shoot, I was like, well, I want to become a member here. And I was yep. like, well, I don't really know anyone who is a member. But yeah. now I know you and you're a member. Yeah. So, so I could. And I can, I'm allowed to bring a guest. I can go anytime I want. I have the gate key and all that stuff or whatever. But um, that'd be a fun thing to do. And it'd help get the kids out of our wives' hairs. And We absolutely just, need to do this. And now that my kids have a bow. You know, I'm definitely doing some plugs for Bear here. I mean, obviously, they've given us a couple bows to, to give away. And we don't have any sort of like official partnership or anything but you know i went to fleet farm and they had all the youth bows at fleet farm so the reason that was cool was because i'm a last minute kind of guy and my desire for father's day was to do that to shoot bows with the kids and i was like oh i should have went on bear's site and like ordered this so i would have had it for father's day i didn't but they have a good retail presence and so they had all the bows that I would expect to buy online at the retailer, but they were they were the only ones. There was not other youth bows or other branded youth bows. Just bears. Just bear. So bear seems to have done a really good job with like getting in front of like the youth with good products. And the fact that they had an ambidextrous one, I was gonna buy two bows, one for my middle child and my oldest child, but they had the ambidextrous one. We need to circle back to that point, by the way. Okay. So the reason I that I think that was cool is I only had to buy one bow because I wasn't sure which I didn't know if they were going to be left or right, because as you had noted, my son was shooting a lefty. He was shooting left hand. My daughter was shooting right hand. I so noticed the right same away. bow, they're shooting differently. And I was like, look, you guys, you're not going to both be shooting at the same time anyways. You're going to be taking turns. 100%. Because I'm not going to have two kids shoot a bow. <laughs> like, you guys are too crazy. And so one bow worked out. But I'm just saying, like, Bear's done a good job of having a good array of youth bows because they have, like, ages four to eight, eight to 12, whatever. They have these different age groups where like both of my children can pull this thing back and it's got two little cams, you know? So they it's feel like sweet. it's a little Great bit more starter. legit than like a Nerf gun or something. Yeah. Um, and they're shooting it at a, at a target. We have another caller. What's going on with all the call signs? This is great. Did you have another point you want to make? I did, but we, do you want to take the caller first? Let's bring the caller on. Can, are you good at rem- remembering? Yes. I'm not. Okay. Just remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Remember okay. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Grady calling in about slingshot and not the car. So looks like you're calling in from Florida. Brady, you're live on the OKS. Grady. Hey, what's up? You're live. Fellas. How's it going? No, my name's not Grady. It's gra- It's Granny. Like you're like your old, you know, your old, your your grandma. Granny. granny. All right. Well, good. That's how a, we doing, that's Granny? A new name. That's awesome, man. Welcome to the show. Hey, no, I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, no, y'all ever had one of those like pullback slingshots that like attaches to your arm, dude? I killed rocket. so many squirrels. I got a coat now. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, I shot one of those all the time when I was a kid. The entry point. That's the gateway right there. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, well, I was actually really calling. Have you guys ever been like bow fishing? You know, I ha- my dad took me a long time ago. I know he didn't take me. I think we went we went fishing and people were bow fishing. And I, they were fishing for carp. I feel like I've gone with some... I did go with someone once, but it was like... I, I didn't do it, but I was like there. But a lot of guys have like fully rigged boats with lights, all sorts of stuff. It's like they're into that more than they're into anything else. And they go at night and they're just freaking like shooting carp with bows. 
and reeling them in. But it sounds like it's a little challenging because it's called is it called refraction? Yeah, shoot low. Like yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you've got you've got to shoot lower than them, and there's like uh, it's a compound bow basically with a reel on it and the arrows attached to the string. So I mean, it, like, it could break. Like you hit a big gator with it or whatever. Which I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> So let me take that back. Let me don't <laughs> ever shoot a gator. Well, that was hypothetical. It could have been a log and whatever. So is this something you do right, quite yeah. a bit? No, but I've been a few times. I'm from Florida, so like I've eaten armadillos and you know, like all kinds of weird stuff. But uh I have been bow fishing a few times. It's a lot of fun, especially with uh, uh spec. I don't know do they call them spec there? I don't know where y'all are from. We're in Wisconsin. What's spec? Does that just mean like the thing is like kind of decked out? Like the bow? No, like brim, bluegill. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. We call yeah, them yeah. panfish up here. Panfish. There you go. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times that's what they'll go for. I mean, you can't really get a lot of the bigger stuff with them, you know what I mean? But uh, manatee. Wait, no. I, again, <laughs> I take that one back. <laughs> Good target there. They take, of, they take a lot of. They take a lot of from the boat prop. We have a lot of people up here. We're really interested in that. And like you see the boats. I see bow fishing boats all over the place. They have more lights than like Yeah, the uh, LEDs mounted yeah. all around. Sorry, Granny, go ahead. The easiest part about, you know, bow fishing manatee is it's easy. You know what I mean? Like it, it they don't they don't move very fast. Big it's target. a large target. Yeah, and they t- they're delicious, too. You're in Florida. Have you There's this dude on TikTok. I can't think of his name right now. But he like walks around the Everglades barefoot at night. He's like, "Oh, just walk around the Everglades. Oh, here's a poisonous snake." The guy's got like two million followers. I forget what his name is on. Ooh, TikTok. I mean, I it's crazy. It's I, I've stuff. encountered a lot of poisonous snakes, but like, yeah, I don't. I the Everglades barefoot, dude. I've uh, first of all ticks. That that would be my biggest worry. I, F the snakes, dude. The <laughs> ticks in between your toes. That'd be my biggest worry. Sounds sketchy. You guys got more stuff to worry down there, worry about than we do up here. Gators and ticks. Yeah, man. The gators, man. The heat. Like <laughs> it's the like gators. all of it. Sounds terrible. <laughs> right, so do you do any do you do any like uh, deer hunting down there in Florida or no? Because I know that's the thing. People deer hunt in Florida. I mean, yeah, I've been I've been deer hunting. They're tiny though. Dude. You don't really even need a gun. You can basically just wrestle them. You know what I mean? Like they're not big. They're not big or anything. So. Like Key West, dude, they got tiny little deer, man. Deer. That's not even you just yeah. hit them with a bag, dude. You don't even you don't need a bow, you don't need nothing. You just run up on them with a bag, dude, because they're on an island and where are they gonna go? Very low entry fee to get into that. I don't think you can hunt yeah. the key deer, but you know, they are really small. They're tiny. I <laughs> <laughs> think they might be protected. Yeah, man, I've just talked about it. Hunting <laughs> all kinds of endangered species. <laughs> well, I don't oh, think manatees aren't endangered. I think it's, I, but I don't think it's as long legal. As, as long as Granny's not your real name, you should be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I've called you guys before. I don't know if you recall. Um, I was using a different voice at the time. Though. Were you Carl one week? Was that you? No, I don't know. I reckon my name isn't Carl, it's Granny. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, Carl from Carl. Louisiana yeah. right there. Our down south caller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. Well, good. Thanks, yeah, thanks for calling, man. We good appreciate the humor. <laughs> well, go. Uh, and also, everybody go 
Okay, okayist hunter. Everybody go follow okayist hunter. Oh, I forgot to say I was live. That's probably illegal, but whatever. I've already <laughs> talked about killing manatees. So. <laughs> That's got to be a hell of a meat haul. What do you do with a whole manatee? Yeah. Jeez. I hope they float. Uh, well. <laughs> what you dragging there, Sonny? You freeze nothing? half of it, dude. Oh, man. Well, you have a good night, buddy. Thanks for the call. You too. Thanks, guys. Later. <laughs> we learned something new, but There's one of our callers. He's got different aliases. He might call back as someone else next time. But it did say Grady. So he did give himself a name. Carl, Granny. Grady, Granny. Anytime I see a... So he's calling from... Where did it go? Uh, Acala, Florida. Oh, did it just disappear on me? Oh, it just dropped off my screen completely. So if there's an Acala, Florida, I'll, I'll have to make a mental note of that. That we can have some fun with that caller. Good manatee fishing. Never <laughs> <laughs> shot a gator. No, I mean, I'm not saying no, no. I never did it. <laughs> yeah, we know people. I do know people in Florida. We got uh, a couple followers down there. Uh, Calder, huge comment coming through here. I'm just going to read it instead of posting it to the screen. Because, well, I'll post it to the screen, but it's going to take up a lot of uh, real estate. As someone who got themselves into bow hunting in their 20s, it seemed very intimidating. Cost, correct gear, bow fitting, and so on. Bottom line. I just pushed myself to walk my local to walk into my bowl, local bowl shop. What is with this mixing words tonight? To walk into my local bow shop. That is a tongue twister. They were extremely helpful, worked on my budget. Um, worked with my experience level and were not judgmental at all about my situation because they are so passionate about what they do and getting others involved. People who work in the bow industry do it because they love it. That's true. And I know when we had Michael Waddell on uh, two years ago or whatever, that January, I got to go down and talk to him at ATA. He yep. talked, he, one of the examples he gave was like, he walked into a snowboarding shop and he felt like there are certain pro shops or archery shops that might be condescending. Like elitist? Yes. Um, and he said he experienced that walking into a snowboard shop. He's like, yeah, I need a snowboard. They're like, oh, yeah, what can you want? And he's like, I don't, I don't want that goes down a hill. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> help know. Me out. Yeah. I have no experience. Like, help me out. So I think if you go in there and you are, I, I don't vulnerable, right? Like you're humble. You, you have some humility, and like you can. I think people can pick up on that, and they'll absolutely, help you out. absolutely. Like I usually lead with humility. Um, <clears throat> one of the callers, the gentleman so from did, PA. Yeah. Sorry, I don't remember his name, but he'd mentioned John Dudley. Keith. Keith mentioned John Dudley, who, if you're not familiar, kingpin of the archery world, like phenomenal competition shooter guy, does knock on TV, all this stuff. I just listened to like one of his like how he got started in it stories, and he went to his local archery shop because he was interested as like a fourteen year old kid and mm. just hung out there all day for like four days. They're in probably a row. Like, this freaking kid. And then <laughs> what what he had said was like eventually the owner was like, "Hey kid, come here, <laughs> grab these arrows. You ever fletch an arrow?" And he was like, "No." And he's like, "Well, here's how you do it." And he showed him this jig, and the kid's like, "Why am I doing this?" He goes, "Well, I forgot to make this guy's arrows, and he just walked in, so I need you to make them." John Dudley fletched all these arrows (laughs) and like started working there. And like, that's how he got his start is like these people just said like, here's a kid who's interested. Obviously they, you know, the kid showed up, let's teach him. And now that's what he does for his job. Man, that's cool. There's an uh, acute example of that. And I've been reading this book, The Daily Dad. I read a little bit every day. And there's an example of something like that where like if someone's observing and watching and watching, like you can just teach them. Hey, do you want to, do you want to learn how to do this? Now, in the book, it gave an example of like a stranger teaching a kid how to play tennis or something. And he wanted to be a, some tennis superstar. 
I'm not saying like we should expect strangers to teach us things. <laughs> As parents, we should be observing our children and know what we should be teaching them based on their interests. Like we should, allegedly, right? Should. It's relative. But uh, that's what I was like, oh, my kids are watching me do this. They took a keen interest. I should probably help them with that. Which transitions into this. Okay, let's go. Um, <clears throat> so I've, we've talked about this before, but if anybody didn't know this, my dad started me in archery when I was pretty young, seven or eight years old, probably. Browning Micromitis compound bow. I was right-handed, so I got a right-handed bow, which is incorrect for me. I'm personally right-handed, but I so but it is called a right-handed bow, even though I hold it with my left because you're drawing back with your right. Yep, it's because you're right-eye dominant. Yeah, right. So I'm left-eye dominant, which my dad didn't really check or think about. I mean, it wasn't a thing. Like I did everything right-handed. I was good with my right hand. Here's a right-handed bow. Perfect. And I shot, but the issue was my left eye, whatever my little brain deficiency is, like could not let my right eye focus. Like I tried to close it. I just couldn't do it. Like my left eye would not let my right eye do it. So I, I wore a patch for years and years and years. And I would keep an eye patch up above my left eye in my hat. And then when I was about to shoot a deer or shoot at whatever, I'd have to pull it down, cover my left eye. Hmm. So I could not see with it. And I shot with my right eye for years and years and years. And then... In my mid to late 20s, I just decided I'm going to switch to left-handed because I'm left-eye dominant. Everything I've ever read says you shoot way better with your dominant eye. So I completely switched to left-handed. I've been shooting left-handed ever since, and it's been awesome. That's crazy. You did the switch in your 20s. Yeah, I think I bought a left-handed. Did it feel really weird? Yeah, it like felt Like really the mechanics weird. of it felt strange? felt very weird. Like putting your arrow on. Yeah. Holding your bow with the opposite hand and putting an arrow on see my son. was the hardest He's, thing. Like, watch a kid do it. I was like that, but yes. 10 times worse. I was like, how, with that. which way do I? And it was it was awkward, but uh, I think I bought a left-handed bow, practiced with it for like five days, and I shot a doe up in Michigan on public land five days after I started shooting left-handed. Wow. Which is awesome. That it, felt just, really interesting for you. Yeah, it was weird. But like, that's a thing. Like, if you're starting out kids, like we've had callers talk about it, like, Check their eye dominance for sure. Like, What's the simplest test for that? Simplest they're... test is the triangle test. Yeah. So like have them make the little triangle with their hands, look at you or look at anything, pull it back, and they'll pull it to whatever eye they're dominant. Mm -hmm. If you pull it back to your non-dominant, all of a sudden it'll get to a point where it switches over to that eye's vision, and it'll just totally mess up. My son has a, a lazy eye. He's supposed to be wearing a patch. A lot of the day and he won't do it he'll just like open it and be like look i can still see him like no no <laughs> it's defeating the purpose it's hard when they're a little man. Our but if we don't correct it now it could be a problem our neighbor had to wear it he's eight or nine and yeah. he wore a patch for six months last year because he has lazy iris it's crazy that, the, that they're just wearing a patch will like the muscle will strengthen like it's crazy that the eye can bounce back like that but anyway i think that'll present some other like unique challenges with him because he's just all over the map, and then you throw that in the mix, and it's like, holy crap, buddy. But he seems to really enjoy the concept of it. Like oh, he talks about it all the time, so it's interesting. But no, that's a fun episode. I'm glad to hear uh, all the people calling in to share stories about archery and shooting and different 3D events and their kids. I think, I mean, I, and thanks for the callers that called in with the co the context of what we're talking about, too. Yeah. And not to, not to diss anyone that's ever called in to tell something different, <laughs> but it's nice that it's in alignment with what we're talking about. It helps keep the flow going. It's great hearing people who are getting into archery or hunting, bow hunting in general. Mm -hmm. Like, that's awesome. 
I, I really love hearing kids getting into archery because I think a lot of parents, you know, male or female, like think that because they love bow hunting and their kid doesn't want to hunt, that they can't enjoy that together. But archery is separate than hunting. Like you can still enjoy archery together and go to shoots and like, you know, shoot target like as a family, yep. even if someone in the family doesn't want to hunt. Even my wife wants to get into archery. I know a bunch now of she's families. She's kind of like, I want to shoot bows. This looks like so much fun. Ashley has a bow. Fun. Ashley shoots. Holly should get a bow. Then yeah. We can all go shoot together yeah. at uh, Horicon Marsh. Yeah, so Holly's got to come shoot the course, and she might have a chance to win the pink RTH. She's not have. lefty, is she? I, don't, I couldn't tell you. I don't know what she is. Ashley, we have a lefty bow that is fully adjustable. She could try it. I'm not sure. I'll have to see. That'd be but fun. it would be fun because then we could all go as a family. I know families, entire families. <laughs> up back where I used to live in Peshigo, there's a really nice 3D course. Mm-hmm. And there's families that none of them hunted, and they would all go shoot five, six of them. They cool. all did archery together. Yep. None of them hunted. It's it's perfectly fine like that. Yeah, you wouldn't knock on someone, like what, no. whatever. And if you do they hunt, just like, like it's just a great way to build, put the reps in so you feel confident, full draw when you got a living, breathing creature in front of you. You know, Then you know where to put the arrow. You've experienced all the different shot types. Like You should feel like, ah, I got this. No problem. The 3D archery has helped me a lot. Like it really has. Oh, definitely. Um, it's, and obviously, like practicing out of what your actual setup is important to. Like once you get to your saddle or your tree stand or whatever, be sure nicer weather. Get that stuff set up if you have the means to do it or someone that might nearby. Like certainly worth um, doing that too because you're not going to understand what you did wrong until you understand how the hell it works up there. We haven't talked. I've about learned that. this the hard way. <laughs> but like even like sighting in your bow from elevated. If you're only a tree stand hunter. You should definitely be you shooting should. and sighting in your bow yeah. from. You saw air. me in the course, and I literally called out loud. The first, the first station was like a steep downhill off that rock. off the rock. It was a it was a chip shot, was fifteen yards, but it doesn't matter. It was downward shot. I, I, what did I say? Bend at the hips. You did. You did great because you were the first one to shoot, and you did like the really <laughs> like very... over like exaggerated. You were aiming like across a freaking valley. The target was 90 <laughs> degrees below you. But you were like, bend at the hips. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, oh, yeah, it gave everyone a reminder. Because yeah. otherwise what happens, you shoot six inches high, right? Like, yeah, because otherwise you just you do this, and that, that's not the same. Like, you need the whole thing to move with you. Yeah, so any rookie, novice, archery people out there, if you're shooting from elevated, the tendency is you're going to shoot high. So especially when you're getting really, really close. I shot high elevated at a buck that I missed before I shot that guy. And that was with, I was hunting with Greg. We were you almost always shoot over him. And I shot right over. And I didn't understand what had happened. I was I was on the money range-wise. My sight pin was at the right spot. And the arrow sailed right over his back. And I was like, what what happened? And and uh, that's that's probably what happened. So my dad was a really good teacher to me when I was little. And I remember being like 10 or 11 and getting ready for hunting, right? Like, it's before season. He's getting me ready, like, testing me. And he's got, we got the 3D deer target in the backyard. We had, like, a little tiny 5x5 five five balcony we used to shoot off of. And he would, you know, go down there and take the target and be like, okay, deer standing like this. Where do you shoot? You know, and I'd show him. And <laughs> it might have been the first time I ever saw my dad cry. He, like, quartered the deer to me <laughs> and was like, okay, where do you shoot here? And I said, you don't. And he looked at me, and his eyes well up, and he gave me a hug, and I was like, <laughs> what is happening? He's like, you don't shoot. He's like, don't shoot. I'm so proud that you said that. He's like, you're going to hit it in the shoulder, and it'll get away. It happened to me. And he, like, teared up. He was so, like, happy. But he used to do that, and then, like, sometimes we'd be shooting, and I'd, I'd be up in the balcony, and he'd move that target, like, three yards. He'd be like, all right, hit this one. 
And every time, if I held right on where I wanted to aim, I shoot right over the freaking back. So, like, he ingrained it in me. Always shoot low. There, there'd be times where you would hold your pin below the belly to hit it where you wanted. Mm-hmm. Because the closer you get, the more that... Exaggerated. Like, that so, angle. these new rangefinders, a lot of the new fandangle things will tell you, it'll take the degree of the shot into consideration with the range. I don't know how much that helps you if... Well, you notice what that does is it decreases the range. But like, then do you just go by that and set your range, and then then yeah. you don't shoot low because like it's you're taking the actual distance mm-hmm. and subtracting off the angle mm-hmm. that you're shooting at because your arrow. You can trust that as a as a source of truth. Almost. As long as you sight in your bow using that rangefinder, you'll be fine. Sure, we got one more call that wants to call in. Let's just uh, I'll put the number on the screen, and uh, where did it go? Zach Church. The number is 262-757-4122. I did throw it up on the screen there. It's also in the uh, description of the, wherever you're. I don't know if you're, you're on YouTube. It should be in the description. But nonetheless, there it is on the screen. If you want to give a call, we'll hang out for a couple minutes longer here. Um, but th- those those mechanics are important. To, you, you'll start to figure out if you practice. Practice. Then then it will, it will expose itself, and you can course correct. And at first, you'll be like, oh, that was confusing. What happened? Oh, that was confusing. What happened? Oh, that... And then you change it and you go, oh, oh, I know what's happening now. But with the rangefinders, I think mine does the angle. take the angle into account or whatever as a factor. And then I think you just shoot it. Then you just adjust your range. The other you part of the bend at the hip. And you're still going to shoot high close no matter what. Okay. Because you think about the trajectory of an arrow. What does an arrow do? It arcs. Sure. So at your distance of whatever you're set at, you know what I mean? Like 20 yards, your arrow is higher at 10 yards in the middle than it is at 20 it's falling right so like if you're close that arrow hasn't had time to fall so high. it will always hit high <laughs> so as soon as you come inside of 15 for most bows you're going to be shooting high because that arrow's still on its trajectory, trajectory. Yeah. physics are very like math confusing to me although i did pretty good in physics it is interesting you mentioned before <laughs> we were talking about the, tr- the trad shooting and like yeah. The instinctive style, G. Fred Asbel, guy who's been around traditional bow hunting forever, read a bunch of his books, talks about it like throwing a baseball. Hmm. Like when somebody's standing 10 yards away, like you don't think about how hard to throw it to them. You just throw it, and the trajectory works. They back up 20 steps. You just know how hard to throw it. You don't, you're never calculating, like, what's the velocity going to be? What angle? Yeah. You don't. You just do it. And he said, you shoot your bow enough, that's what happens with traditional, with instinctive. You just start to know. You just know how the flight is going to go. And the more you shoot it, the more times you've seen your arrow arc into a target, the more you just know. You don't have to think about it. That's the instinctive stuff. Yeah, I want to shoot trad just for that reason. Maybe not hunt, but like I, I, I want that. Very I want incredible. that instinctual thing happening where I'm – that's a great activity for your brain. <laughs> yeah, I don't is. know how to explain it, but uh, okay. So last caller, we got Zach Church calling in. Um, Zach, where are you calling from? Does it tell me? Virginia. Hey, Zach, you're live on the podcast out of Virginia, looks like. How you doing, man? Hey, good. How are you guys? We're, we're doing well. We're Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> All right. I like it. Uh, I haven't called in in a while, but uh, I missed most of the show because I went to supper. But y'all were still on when I got back to the hotel, so I figured I'd call in and That's be right. up with y'all about some archery stuff before you got off. Sweet. Yes, Hopefully I- you had yourself a nice dinner. <laughs> yeah. What'd you have? Uh... My buddy picked, uh, I'm on some military orders right now, so I'm with one of my Army buddies, and he picked hibachi, so my wife's really upset about that because we <laughs> like hibachi at the house. So, <laughs> Did you get some sake, though? 
We did. <laughs> yeah. We did. He tried it. My buddy, my, my buddy never had it before, so we got some sake, and he's like, well, that's wild. And then the, 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 um, let's say the ethnical gentleman at the restaurant was explaining it as moonshine to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does, you don't feel it at the moment, but it, it'll take a toll. Yeah, it'll it's do a nice warm liqueur. Fun. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. What, what's going on in I, your I archery world, bud? Do what? I'm sorry. Wow, I was just yeah asking like what's going on with your archery stuff. How's it? What do you got to add to the conversation? Oh, well, like I said, I missed most of the conversation, but I will re-listen and get it all in. But I'm I'm a geek about archery and stuff. Um, so just the quick update: I'm doing a, a badges and bow competition right now. It's like a virtual uh, competition for military, law enforcement, okay. um, firefighters, and stuff like that. I'm doing pretty terrible, but I'm enjoying doing it. So that's cool. <laughs> Sounds like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, that, and then I've seen, I think, I want to say it was on Go Wild. I've seen you post talking about youth bows. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually uh, where I got a lot of intel from was Go Wild. I posted on Go Wild as a question, what are good youth bows to consider? And and overwhelmingly, I think it was Bear. And there are a couple others in there. I actually found it. I have a High Five branded youth bow in my garage that someone gave me at some point. I busted that one. That one's got a little bit more oomph to it. Not much, but a little bit more. But the way it, mm-hmm. the the way the arrow rests on the on the frame of the bow is not great for the kids. Like the the other one exactly. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So I love bear archery. I've shot him before. I shoot Matthews now, but I I recommend anybody get into archery bear um, archery, especially if they're getting into it. Um, and that's what my buddy actually me and him has shot um, since we've been on. Uh, where we're at but the um what i I commented on go wild but it's a it's not an american brand so i'm not a huge fan of that however it's the sutherland archery hero bow that's what i bought for my kids and Mm -hmm. the only reason i didn't go with the bear was because that sutherland archery one goes it's a super broad range of adjustments um really low draw weight and draw length you know obviously the the draw length and it goes up pretty high. It doesn't. It's not big enough to hunt with, but even at a super low draw length and draw weight, it has a peep sight, a three pin sight, and a D loop. And oh. it comes with a youth release arrows. It comes with the whole shebang. That sounds pretty great. What's the price point on that? Yeah. So my big oh is like I think uh, I you can get it on Amazon and I think Walmart dot com and it was like uh, one hundred and fifty ish, one hundred and sixty. But it comes with everything. They're like you, but you buy it, the box shows up, and you. Just, you, most of it's already put together. You can adjust the mods on the cams to adjust all the drawings at your house. You don't have to do any, you know, no bow press or anything like that. What's the age And that's range what I've got for my that. two older sons. Do I? What's the age range? Is it like six and up or? Um, I mean, I put my, let's see, he just turned seven and I put him on it and he's still a little wobbly with it. So I'd say the six or seven, depending on how strong, you know, how big or strong they are mm-hmm. or how well they comprehend as well. Um, but I really, the only thing I didn't like about the bear is most of the youth bows had that, that, um, the string, like the little roller thing for the string for your fingers and i and it didn't have a rest. And this one has a whisker biscuit. I wanted my kids to get good habits from the get go. So they had a release and the peep sock to go off of. And that was my big reason of choosing that. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. I, I think, I mean, my daughter might be more of a candidate for that than my son because he's just ball of crazy um so. yeah your 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 youngins are a little bit smaller than mine yeah um 
but that was just an option. I'm not saying it's the best out there. No, but it sounds know, cool. Me. Like having, know, having it be as close to like what you shoot as, as a actual hunter, like th- to them too, it takes it up mm-hmm. a level in their mind probably too. Like they feel like this isn't some freaking you thing. This is legit. This is how I'm going to really learn. This is what yeah, it's really they, like. You know, they're you out know? there shooting with that, you know, and I get that little archery target <laughs> with, uh, it's just like the styrofoam block, you know, for youth only. Um, it's got the deer and the bear and the turkeys on it and stuff. And like during turkey season, you know, my oldest knew I was going turkey hunting. He's like, I got to shoot the turkey side because, <laughs> you know, I got to practice for turkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, those little differences, like you, you know how kids are. Like, yeah. Are, when they see you they using a release, yep. I mean, Gus has already questioned me when he was probably four. What, what's that on your wrist? Why don't I have one of those when he's shooting his little bow, right? Because <laughs> it has that, you know, it's a little bear one. And it's, a, it's a finger <laughs> yeah, release, yeah. right? You use your fingers. And he immediately, well, why do you have one of those? I don't have it. <laughs> and it's like, that's, you know, all comes yeah. to the, like, credation of what you're doing. Like, he wants to feel like I'm doing the same thing dad or mom or whoever is mentoring them is yep. doing. So I think that's a great option. Exactly right. Have to yeah, look into that. Yeah, all mine have those all mine have the green bow, you know, that, you know, the typical like super youth. Yep. Green bows. And heck, I, I enjoy shooting. I have three for all three of my sons. I enjoy shooting them. Sometimes I set my bow down and just shoot them <laughs> with their little target just for fun. <laughs> I shot, I shot and, the kids' uh, youth. I was like, let me, let me shoot this thing, guys. Let me see what this is all about. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't help it. Down for that thing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just a cool option. Uh, for that but like you said they're very intuitive and they're paying attention so i thought it was a neat idea my middle son he just got his in may for birthday and he's not as into it as he is the other bow because he shoots the other one better um but my older son he he really enjoys the process and kind of and doing the same thing and i just set it up to where it's like uh instead of doing 20 30 40 on the pins i showed him i was like his dude five of your steps away from the target and I sighted it. I tried to sight it in the best I could, you know, off of his shooting for five of his paces and then 10 of his paces. So he didn't have to worry about a range finder and stuff. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. But he'll, he'll want a range finder pretty, pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you get one of those? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get, I already got it like really intuitive on them, you know, so I didn't want to like overwhelm them with anything. So I'm just trying to pass on any kind of bad tips I can do. But, uh, Definitely, like I said, when they first get into it, I'll definitely get them a bear archery. That'll be their first, like, hunting bow, um, just because, I mean, they're excellent for what they are. So, and it's an awesome company. They've always had a good heritage. So, but I just thought that was a cool, like, you know, if you want to get them one to to practice with before they get that hunting size, maybe that's an option. Yeah, that's fantastic. Excellent tip. It's good to hear from someone, like, like the reason I asked Go Wild is because I knew I was going to get good responses there. So the fact that you had referenced mm-hmm. that and you're giving me a good response just goes to talk about, you know, we don't got to pump our sponsors too hard here because they're all ingrained into what we what we do as, as a show. That speaks volumes. But uh, no, man, thanks for Absolutely. the call. We appreciate it. It's good to hear from you. No, that's no problem. I think I sent you, if I'm not mistaken, I think I put the link to it on your Go Wild. On you the probably comments. did. I'm in there like maybe once a week. So I'll, you know, I don't know if I've gotten back into there yet. I usually do it on Wednesdays after I post the podcast. I'll go back in. And so... Um, and I bounce back between our OKS and our account, my personal. So, I'll uh, I'll bounce back in oh, and yeah. take a look. But I appreciate it a bunch. No problem, no problem. Well, we're getting di- uh, we're getting dialed in. Love the Jake Bush podcast, by the way. But we're because uh, I'm a huge fan of him. But we're getting dialed in. Hunting season's coming up. 
It's, it's right going to be corner. here, man. Yeah, I can't wait. It's how it works every year. My wife's, already, my wife's already going, oh, my God, it's already on. Let's hear this is bullshit. <laughs> I, <laughs> today, <laughs> today I, was playing, I was playing on my phone on the deck, and my wife goes, uh, what are you looking at? I said, well, I'm looking, uh, looking for trail camera deals. She's like, what about those six that you just ordered that are laying on the basement floor? I said, yeah, I'm looking for more of those. <laughs> She's like, more? I was like, yeah, a lot more. <laughs> oh, God. I bought it. I bought a trail cam yesterday. Hey, <laughs> you can't have too many. Yeah, but, <laughs> you can't have too many. That's cool. I know. No. That's why I told the wife. I was like, "Hey, this this season, I need more evenings to hunt." I said, "Last season, I got a lot of mornings. I'm really appreciative of how great you were with me." I was like, "I need some afternoons though, <laughs> so I can dial in these bucks." And she just like gives me that side eye. <laughs> I feel, dude. The, if it weren't for the wives, like this, this, this hobby, this pursuit, this passion of ours would not be a thing. Because they hold the cards, they really do. Like if if my wife's like, no, I'm out. I'm gonna go do my thing, and I'm foot the bill with the three kids. Like I ain't hunting. It's not gonna happen, you know. So like, bless the wives that that like allow us to chase our weird hobby that we have, where we get crazed. We get crazed. Like it it overtakes us. Oh yeah. And uh, I can't think about anything else come hunting season. It becomes a total mess. Like everything. Like my garage goes to shit. My yard goes to shit. Everything just sucks. The so. three worst words that a wife can hear is, I passed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You could have been done, and you passed. What do we, so I don't know if you've watched the OKS Hunter show that we put out on Carbon TV and YouTube. Oh, without a doubt. I watched them the day they released, as long as I wasn't working. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry you watched Did you see the one where our, our, our producer, Jace, unknowingly to us, sat us down in the studio and said, so how's your home life? And he asked Derek first. And I thought Derek was going to punch him in the face <laughs> because we had expressed earlier that shit ain't going good at home. And he's like, so how's your home life? And I was like, what did you just ask me? I was like pissed off about it. And then Derek's like, I will, I will kill you. Why would you ask me that question? It's not good, okay? <laughs> We're laughing Derek's about it now, but there was some cat. serious animosity. Yeah, I'm already eyeing up some cat deals, man. <laughs> I know you're gonna have to get a cat like halfway through season, so you can get through the rut. You know it, brother. You know it. <laughs> I might end up with another baby to be for. Our neighbor's cat is. I wish that just had a litter, so I'm like, hey, what can we do for a little October deal? <laughs> oh Lord. The only thing I was upset about is y'all's uh, OK Hunter series is they didn't follow me around this past season. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, I hunted like well over, I'll, I'll make it quick. Um, I hunted well over probably um, 80 hours work week wise in the stand right during both season. And then I hunt both through muzzleloader and uh, it got to rifle and I was like, all right, I'm fed up with this. Uh, I'm watching my language. I'm fed up with this. So I'm, I took, started taking my rifle out. And then the day before, because in Virginia, our hunt season, uh, our rifle kicks out, and then it comes back into archery and then no loader again. Mm-hmm. So the day before rifle season ended, I took my rifle out and killed a – I actually ended up getting a 10-point, my biggest buck to date. Um, and she had to get the kids from school and all kinds – it was a mess because I was like two miles deep, blah, blah, blah. Long story, cool story. Um, and then I hadn't killed a doe yet. Because I was worried if I killed the does early, she would be like, well, you have meat in the freezer. You don't need to go back for a buck. <laughs> so I tried to wait till late season Valid. to get a doe. Smart man. To get some extra meat. And then, well, I, I archery hunted does as hard as I could the late season. And they were all so skittish. And I ended up missing a doe because I had a release issue. Or not a release, uh, 
uh, I had a failure on my equipment. It was my fault. And then missed the dough. And it was the last day of season. I come in like an hour, two hours after dark, just like moping around. And she said, well, what did we learn this season? I was like, what? She said, shoot the does early. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's great. Well, congrats on your best buck. That's great. Oh, thank you guys. Y'all killed some booners. And then uh, Eric over there got him his first turkey. So y'all have had, y'all been killing it. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been more than okay around here, and I don't think that. So we have the turkey hunt episode getting chopped up right now by the producing crew, and I don't think we're gonna post it until next year at this point because it's just far beyond be, turkey. No one's gonna give a shit. So I think we'll post it to hype it up turkey yeah. season next year. Be but, weird to post it. In yeah, <laughs> end of summer. Right before deer season. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know we're excited about white tail, but check out this turkey video. <laughs> Rick rolled. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good, but yeah. it'll be fun to watch yeah. it. But uh, thanks for the call, man. It's good to hear from you. I'm glad yeah, we, we appreciate we you, you following along, buddy. Hey, no problem. I'll call you back and bother you in a week or two. Please do. Yeah, cheers. Cool. Well, with that, let's, uh, let's end this popsicle stand. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. That's not a thing. People don't let's say that. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> hey, everybody, have a great week. You'll get this on Wednesday, Tuesday night, whatever it ends up being. If you're not registered for Foam Fest, go to our website, okshunter.com. There's an event page. You can go there and register. It's all through Eventbrite. It's all pretty seamless and pretty smooth. You go buy a ticket. It's 40 bucks. We raised the price this year. There's a lot. We were way underwater last year. Dude, whatever you charged last year and then you bought everyone like multiple drinks you fed everyone for free they all got like like, multiple entries into all because i'm bad at math like everyone benefited last year so this year we i had to make it right he had to make it almost normal it's still nicer than (laughs) any other one you'll go to but it's way last year you were just so generous because last year was like oh let's do a test run and we last year like we had like 40 some people come and it was fantastic it was a very fun time this year we have camping we'll have some more uh organizations involved um directly so they'll be it's family centric bring your kids bring your wife like we do enough stuff as hunters if if we're the males which like i say that because 90 percent of our demographics are are males okay so i'm not excluding the females i'm just saying that's the stats that being said obviously there's female archers and bow hunters and hunters also i'm not uh i'm just saying trying to cover my bases here we had a female archer kick our ass this last weekend she was really good she was really she was a dead eye (laughs) But that being said, it is family centric. So bring your bring your wife, bring your husband, bring your children, and uh, know that there'll be events to keep kids occupied. There'll be food, plenty of food for everybody. There'll be breakfast and lunch. Um, I think we'll have to do dinner too because we're doing a camp. But I think the dinner I want to do, like I haven't fleshed this out yet, but I want it to be more inspired by the people that are coming. So like bring food to grill. It's camping overnight. So there's no, I think there probably are hotels that are like within some proximity of like acceptable, but there's no cell service at Horicon Marsh Bowman. You're not going to be able to like do cellular stuff there. You're not going to be able to door dash in. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of stuff. So bring, bring whatever, but know that like if you're going to come, you can stay the whole evening. So bring your tent and stuff. Um, hopefully the weather cooperates most for most of the day. There are in indoor stuff because there's a clubhouse. Um, but we're giving away a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. Like you're gonna leave there feeling like a, a million bucks. You're gonna have a lot of fun. I think it's a good, it's a good event. So if you haven't registered, register so we can start to get our headcount in order, so we can plan this thing accordingly. 
And uh, it's the last weekend of August, so that's August 26th, which is a Saturday. We'll camp into the Sunday. There's nothing happening on Sunday other than pack up your stuff and get the hell out of there. (laughs) And that's kind of it. That's all I have for now. So on the show with that, I want to get a nice plug in so people know what the hell is going on. Yeah, we hope to see you there. Do it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I got a highlight reel on YouTube from last year's event. All our kids are going to be there again. Yeah. We'll do the shed hunt again. We'll amp it up a little bit. We'll do some other children's stuff. It'll be good. You'll bury the sheds, make them dig for them. I don't know. I'm going to make them work. Hang them in trees. But like people shot bows out of saddles last year. It was great. I know there's a mobile hunter expo, and I think that's a really fantastic uh, expo. I haven't been to it. I want to go. I think we can exhibit at some point. Um, However, like I, short of that, I don't know other events that you can go to where you can literally shoot out of tree stands and saddles at targets. Try them, test them, play with them. Yeah, that's a different level. Like you can get in these things, but have you drawn back in it? Have you shot your bow? Because you have your lead side and your weak side. And like that's different when you're in a saddle. When you got to deal with your uh, bridge, like, and you got to contend with shooting over or under that thing, like, it, you're going to need to know what that feels like. And that's the other thing is that we mentioned before. But if you already are a saddle hunter, but you haven't practiced out of it a ton, you need to because it yep. does feel weird. It, it can. Yeah. It's weird. You need to practice. Yep. Yep. So with that, uh, hopefully everyone has a great week. We'll uh, catch you next week. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Just keep it awkward here. Bye. (laughs) Bye.